0: Welcome to another episode of the Black Esquire Podcast. This is a special episode. We are in collaboration with...
1: The Simply King Podcast. How y'all doing? This is Rodney Perry of the Simply King Podcast.
0: Yes. If this is your first time tuning into the Black Esquire Podcast, this is a platform where we discuss how to navigate the black experience in corporate America, as well (laughs) as how to live your best life as a black professional. Um, I am... One half of the Black
2: Esquire podcast, Shelly Whitehead.
0: I am here with my lovely co-host, Michelle Jenkins.
2: Hey, Shelly. Thanks for the intro. As Shelly said, I'm the other half. My name is Michelle Jenkins. I'm a local attorney and uh, helped dreamed up this space. So come in, get company, comfy. We're thrilled to have you have your ear and have your attention. You can find more about us, the Black Esquire podcast, specifically on our website at blackesquirepodcast.com. There we fit your weekly blogs events, and background info related to the Black experience in corporate America. On Facebook and Instagram, find us at Black Esquire Podcast. While there, join our local closed Facebook group, The Fellowship, where you can get into the conversation. We want to hear from you, so please do join in. Our op- our episodes can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Like, subscribe, rate, comment, and share. That's it. Let's get into today's topic for today. Oh, Ronnie, where to, Where can they find you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. If you don't know, you can know now. Uh, you can find me everywhere that podcasts are available, being the same that, you know, Michelle just kind of read off from Google, Google Play to Spotify. Well, not Spotify yet. I'm working on that though. And I'll show y'all how to do that Speaking once I get there. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, you can follow me everywhere at kings underscore memoirs. And I'll, as well as uh, get a part of the conversation on my Facebook page, the Simply King podcast page. And follow me on Instagram at Simply King Pod. Uh, my show is the soulfully conscious podcast for humans simply being humans where I talk about on a weekly basis about, you know, social uh society and culture criticizing the things we see from uh i guess from a millennial perspective uh bringing on humans who tell us about their experience and tell about tell us about what they see and what they think of the society and the culture that we are living in so let's get going
0: All right. And we are deep in the studio today. It is not just... Four (laughs) deep. We are four deep. It's usually three of us, but now it's four of us. And so in addition to Rodney, we have a special, special guest, Patrice Perkins, who we're actually going to... All three of us will be speaking to today about today's topic. I will briefly read Patrice's bio because she is so phenomenal. Uh, Patrice Perkins helps her clients turn creative dreams into thriving, sustainable businesses. Mm. In 2010, she founded Creative Genius Law as a strategic partner to creative industry clients who need legal guidance to protect their intellectual property and leverage it into financially successful business enterprises. Patrice is a key member of her clients' business teams and collaborates with them every step of the way. After earning her Bachelor of Science in Business Economics at Florida A&M University, she went on to obtain a Juris Doctor at DePaul University. She has been a guest instructor at DePaul College of Law, conducting legal clinics, and presenting at numerous seminars. She is often called upon for expert commentary by media outlets such as Forbes, NBC, TV5, Fortune Magazine, (laughs) Bloomberg Design Sponge and WBEZ Radio. Patrice sits on the board of directors for the Chicago Arts artist coalition and the greater inglewood chamber of commerce in chicago patrice is one of the few attorneys recognized across the globe by the american bar association as a legal rebel a leader leading innovator in the legal industry i told y'all she was dope yeah. welcome patrice i'm tired now yeah. <laughs> don't worry about all on this sunday uh-huh.
2: <laughs> don't, be don't be tired it's, it's, it's you girl patrice Ooh.
3: what you sipping on I am having a mimosa because, you know, we're having a faux brunch in the studio. Yes. That is my favorite for Sundays.
1: Always, always.
2: I'm having the same. It's Michelle. Shelly, what you sipping on? I have a sangria.
1: And I am having a sangria as well. That's right. So we got sangrias and
2: mimosas. So tasty. So our topic for today is um, with regards to creatives, as if you couldn't tell from Patrice's bio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and how uh, we can get creatives to better balance or help creatives with better balancing the sort of professional approach that we need them to take in order to be able to take them seriously. Um, Shelly and I are new to the creative space. As you know, Shelly and I are both attorneys who are, you know just kind of getting our feet wet in the creative space of media and entertainment mm-hmm. and things with the podcast i didn't expect the podcast to be a conduit for that but it, it has been it's <laughs> been a pleasant surprise right um so be- being that we're new to the creative space we were sort of rudely awakened when we came across no- things like no shows bad customer service and even a little deception with <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> with regards to <laughs> a few different types of creatives whether it be our old studio which shall remain nameless but basically just, huh? just didn't just we we scheduled a uh a date and they just didn't open the door no one showed up they just didn't we just, we they just were not there and so um we that's how we shout out to gravity studios who has never left us looking terrible but um <laughs> But um, nonetheless, you know, so being that that was our experience there, um, we wanted to sort of dive into this topic um, at uh, Rodney's sort of suggestion since our uh, sort of, since that's part of our sort of approach and things like that, so the people we want to reach. So we're excited to talk about that. So let's get this conversation started. Um, What did we say we're going to talk about first, Shelly? The Bare Bones Toolkit. Oh, yeah. So... It's my impression, as an outsider looking in, with regards mm-hmm. to creatives, that they should have at least, oh, um, just as a, from a consumer perspective, mm-hmm. a website a um instagram business card and a a business card (laughs) and an actual like business phone number like don't 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 tell me to call you on your cell phone like Mm -hmm. stop telling me to text you so what do you all think because you all have more experience with creatives than we do Mm -hmm. um are sort of the and even shelly please because those were sort of my little things I agree. So, what do you what do you all think is the bare bones toolkit for someone looking to get started and start to put yep. themselves on the market and, and to be taken seriously?
0: Basically, to be taken seriously by a consumer. So, mm-hmm. not that you're just some fly by night artist mm-hmm. or whatever, but that you take your craft seriously and that someone who's working with you will also take you seriously.
1: I think um, for for me, just um, I think the hard part about a lot of creatives that I meet have met over time, and c- definitely qualifying myself to be one as well. Um, but I feel that that's the one thing I noticed. And that's why I brought this to you guys. So I was like, there's a lot of habits that I have mm-hmm. that other people don't. And I see why they do. Mm-hmm. I see why. Cause it's really just a knowledge thing. It's like mm-hmm. no one ever told them. And mm-hmm. I think for some people, um, because you have the product or the good or the service that you can get straight to, you believe there is the business that that is it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a person selling hot dogs, so I don't have to go and you know get this brick and mortar place, get mm-hmm. these licenses, get all these things. If I have my laptop, if I got my voice, if I have my you know ability to make these graphic designs, that's the business. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just think that far mm-hmm. within it so no. it's like you've seen my work right so See, you don't want me to for me. you know yeah, you've absolutely. seen my work right so if you, you say you like it you, so you, you don't have to do anything else so it's it. like if, you, if, you enjoying this, if you're enjoying this
3: you this, so here's the thing I actually think um, I haven't seen that it's any different from creatives versus other small business owners oh, okay. um, so I want to say I've seen those issues with mm-hmm. small business owners across oh. the board and the one thing that I think needs to be added to the toolkit is an understanding of what it costs to provide the service mm. because if you that's don't have a clear understanding of what it costs to provide the service, then you're setting yourself up not to be able to afford the support and someone who can relay messages for you or maybe maybe even the cost of hosting for your website or having the website designed. So you have to have the real picture of what it actually costs to provide that service beyond your own talent um, and skills that you bring.
1: And I think a lot of people literally once they figure out this is a thing they want to do and they want to quote unquote commit to Mm -hmm. um, they kind of think that they're going to figure it out on the way. So yeah. it's like mm-hmm. I can start to do this thing, mm-hmm. tell people I'm doing this thing, you know, put this service of good out that I can provide. But then I'm gonna figure everything else out. It's like you know, website coming soon though. You know, or, you know <laughs> I ran out, I ran, yeah, out, of, ran, <laughs> out I ran out, ran out, ran out of my business cards. But you know, you can check my work out on here. You know, mm-hmm. I ran, you know, ran out of something. Or it's like still trying to operate without mm-hmm. kind of doing all of that. You know, bookkeeping. and you know, that housekeeping to really, mm-hmm. you know, come out with your best self with no, you know, with no one ever, ever to be able to question mm-hmm. the work that you're presenting mm-hmm. more than anything.
3: And I think, I mean, I say all the time I'm a fan of starting small for that Mm -hmm. reason because you never want to put it out there to the world and then you have the Shelleys and the Michelles who are like, you aren't ready to do this, so you (laughs) want to start small and I recommend rolling out what you do in phases. So you may need to actually start getting Mm -hmm. a first group of clients in so you can start to build up a more um, Mm -hmm. robust portfolio. You may need to get those first groups of clients in so you can fund some of the other things that you need, but those can be friends and family Mm -hmm. and put yourself on the schedule where you phase it out and then you can start reaching out to the people that you don't know who are not going to be as forgiving um, because you're not ready
2: yeah I think that's I think that's key being ready I think you have to really be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. as with regards to whether or not you're actually ready to take on things I think we are in a we we sort of live in a, in a day and age where everybody's an expert, yes. even on things that they haven't really done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it will benefit you a lot to sort of just shadow um,
0: mm-hmm. or
2: just um, um, really take something in first before you uh, sort of dive head first into something and, and, and you're considering yourself a provider of services. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've hired a DJ and I was like, Oh, why, why are you DJing? Like, what are you doing? So, um, I do think that you need a gauge that's outside of just your family and friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that's hard for creatives to find somebody to be honest and mm-hmm. say, you know, I listened to your raps. I'm sorry. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we could, maybe we could revisit this in a year or two or something like that. I think it's, it's difficult to, I think that's hard. Um, and on the other side, mm-hmm. I've been the person who was like, I'm not gonna tell them. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I understand. You
1: don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, but I think I think the thing that I've noticed about people who are very organized and very analytical, um, lend a lot of their confidence to the knowledge that they've acquired and experiences that they've had. With a lot of creatives, I feel like I've noticed more so being led by, you know, emotions, being led by their uh-huh. ego, being led by their pride. Seeing like, you know, I'm, I know this is great. I know this is good. You know, a few people have told me this is great. A few people told me this is good. So I think this is ready for me to do something about this. Mm -hmm. And um, they reject uh, certain things, not understanding that people are trying to help. Like, okay, you are great. You know, you're this, you know, prodigy of sorts. Why don't you go to school to kind of learn more, to really sharpen the sword? You, You come natural to this thing. Someone is suggesting for you to kind of tighten everything up by, you know, just getting the lessons. Even if you feel like it's pointless. Getting any type of education to never hurt. I know so many people who reject that, you know? Just like they are natural, you know, natural photographers that have a great eye, but it's like there's certain intangibles that you can learn from these things that can make you even better. And on top of that, mm-hmm. can make no one be able to have to, you know, question the validity of your work. It's mm-hmm. like you've studied this. You've done this. And, and
0: why do you think that they're anti-honing your craft?
1: Um, Because it's kind of like it's just doing it. It's like... If I have the ability to go and get all the things, if I have the ability to, you know, purchase a mic to save and get all the things I need to create this podcast, do I really need to go to, to a podcast workshop to learn how to do it? That's how a lot some 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 people think that way, mm-hmm. and I've met so many people who. Especially if they come out the gate getting a lot of attention, especially in the age of social media. Yeah, don't oh, uh, lie. You know, yeah. <laughs> especially your in the head age up. of social media. <laughs> if you start to put your work out and you start to share it out, it's kind of like, well, why would I go to school to do this? Why would I go and study to do certain things? Like, I'm already, people are already calling me. People already want me to do this, that, and the third. I'm just, I got a, list, a line of people waiting for me to do work for them. I'm getting booked. Quote okay. Unquote.
3: So here's an alternate perspective on that. So, mm-hmm. I think, like, number one, you're right in that the um, creatives are passionate, right? Yes. And they do this for the love. So they would probably do it without being paid or not um, is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Most people are truly in love with what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the, um, I'm gr- I have a great concept for this podcast. I could be good at it. Um, and I'm a great talent behind it. But then someone suggests they go to a podcast workshop, which may teach them like the business behind the podcast and all of that. Um, I think that's a different situation. I think that that is where creatives need to have the awareness to Mm -hmm. know where you hire out and where you hire for those weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I actually think they should focus on being great at what they're great at Mm -hmm. if they want to learn some of the other aspects of it that's fine. But you if you're not going to learn it on your own, you have to hire out and mm-hmm. let people come on to support you who do know those other pieces of it. Um, it's the same thing as being lawyers. Not every lawyer is our business managers. And to have right. a firm, you that have to be a so business true. manager, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not going to school for an MBA. Right. Um, I'm just not. not. You know, no but mm. I know I have the awareness to know where I need the financial analysts and where I need these other people. And I think it's right. the same thing for creatives. I think kinda.
1: you pointed out something that I think people try to get around certain investments. Like, you gotta that's invest into yourself. True. So, it's like, you gotta, if you're not gonna get the education, okay. Mm-hmm. So, are you gonna hire someone who has gotten the education yeah. to do the thing? That's yeah. real.
0: It's and either or. You problem. can't just do nothing. Yeah, and just you, can't think just, you can't just, <laughs> wing I'm just gonna it. skate on my talent. That
3: mm-hmm. is a huge problem. And I remember uh, one of the things I actually talked to the clients about um, because legal is, you know,
2: this is why we brought you on right <laughs>
3: but you have to distinguish between a cost versus an investment in your business so mm. not everything um, is a cost because people see even hiring attorneys as almost cost. like insurance right? right like I'm just paying you out just in case something doesn't work out right. when it really should be an investment right. and your attorney should help you build the team and so I think if um, creatives can try to um, distinguish between what is a cost versus what is an investment and is going to help me build this thing long term and help me keep the customers happy. Um, then I think at least that can move you one step forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So speaking of investments, I think that's a good segue for what we were talking about before with contracts. Yeah. Um, so Shelly and I and our we always talk in the car. So. Um, <laughs> So today we talked while I was in the car and she was on Bluetooth. But um, so, the, so one of the things that we kind of want to get into is the sort of infrastructure that should be present at that, even at that small level. Mm-hmm. And I think because what I see all the time, because I have a lot of friends who are creatives because I've been in a band for so long. So a lot of my friends like, you know. Mm-hmm write scores and Mm -hmm. sing and all type of stuff. And so I see them all the time, like ranting and raving about, well, you're not going to get me just for exposure and this, that, and the third. And it's like, I understand your frustrations, but you have to understand that sometimes a consumer is reading these things that you're putting online and Mm -hmm. it does not always get received. Well, we've all saw the, the frustrated makeup artists say, well, this is why I ask for down payments. I can't oh, believe the hair, Especially the hairdresser. Yes. Instagram. Or the hairdresser. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole laundry list. Oh, yes. Yeah. Don't do oh, this. Yeah. You better come, come shampoo. At this. shampoo. Yes, exactly. You can't do
1: this. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs>
2: exactly. So yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That sort of rant and raving on, <laughs> on on Facebook. And I think the, but I think the way that you sort of avoid that is the appropriate infrastructure and the appropriate systems so that people aren't necessarily trying you. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to sort of get into or get you guys' opinions on um, what, it is unique. So I can talk from the GC and just the compliance side. I mm-hmm. think you need for, for, if if you require, if something you do requires a certification, get the certification, stop mm. playing. Yep. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think, you know, so get your paperwork in order first and foremost. And then I think the other thing that you have to do is if you have a staff, have some sort of manual or some sort of set, way that you deal with them and that you utilize them so that it's not just willy-nilly and i think lastly is just you need to have a system for your customers as well so you need to have an in-house system and you need to have outhouse systems and so i think it's what's frustrating for me is like for example at the studio we used to go to they don't even they don't even keep an accounting for real you mm-hmm. just cash at them and while that's cute is not appropriate for a whole their whole radio station. It's yeah. not a it's not appropriate. Yeah. So <laughs> You can't QuickBooks that like okay. that's, there's no trace. You have to trace it better. And so, um, I think it's important to invest in the appropriate thing, to, the appropriate tools, whether it be the square. Invo- invoice system. No. An invoice. Exactly. Having exactly. an actual invoice instead exactly. of just, you, you know, funny. quick pay me something. Exactly. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Cause I remember being in, you know, at Clark Atlanta University just a few years ago. no <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yo, you a baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, I used to, I used to tell so many of my friends who were photographers, that, you know, Especially about like release forms, because exactly. it was something that they just exactly. never really thought about. And I was like, I'm just saying, like a lot of these people you're taking photos of are actual models who are or aspiring to be and are actually getting things done with themselves. And like mm-hmm. you posting this photo that you might have took with them, you know, from way back when, this might get you in trouble. It might it might run into something. You don't know what the whole situation that they've set up with whoever's representing them right. now.
2: Oh, for those of you who don't know, so a release form is a form where you pretty much. Um, Agree. The person signing agrees to release their image and their likeness for yeah. the sake of whatever entity is 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 um, photographing or videoing yes. or or taking your image in yes. any type of way. So a release mm-hmm. form is applicable for. So if you're like an event planner, I I used to be an event planner and we we had a release form mm-hmm. and everything. And a lot of events, uh, things like Eventbrite. Um, when you click by you agree to the release form that's in event right mm-hmm. so um th- that's a quick way to get around it if yeah. you're a creative yeah, but. Yeah. and i think a lot of people
1: just don't i don't know i, don't, I never understood why they used to, i used to get pushed back. and I'm like, bro, it's pretty simple. I can make it for you.
2: Because they're scared to ask like, you to sign mm-hmm. it. I, mean, I think some people think it's a confrontation.
3: And it's tough because they feel like um, if the culture of what they do is a particular way and no yeah. one else is doing it, yep. then they're seen as being a difficult one to work with. Mm-hmm. When really, they're just trying to manage expectations of mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. So That's the thing. It's the culture. But if more people start having their release forms, then it won't be as difficult for the next person. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It, I think it's simple. And it's, yeah. it can be explained in a simple in mm-hmm. a simple fashion that no one feels like they're getting took or like you're about to like you know manipulate right. whatever it is and also it who knows that this this release form may be kind of negotiable some terms mm-hmm. you may can be like well if you change this i, I don't mind you know agreeing to right you know, right doing mm-hmm. this photo shoot and doing all these different things i just i mean I, I don't appreciate if you alter certain things about my body or alter whatever whatever because you see a lot of crazy things these days yep. you know mm-hmm. a lot of crazy photoshopping and stuff like that going on without really someone's permission Mm -hmm. rightfully so you have that you know you should be you know argue you know be able to argue about that but some people just don't protect that
0: oh yeah not at all I think as a consumer I appreciate when a creative has a release form Mm. or has something that shows that they're trying to protect what it is that they've done They yeah, thought do. about it. Yeah. yeah. That you're not just like, Oh, I'll just take your picture. and you know?
3: <laughs> Yeah. I agree. It adds a new layer of legitimacy right. um, mm-hmm. to their business. Yeah. So, which goes directly into pricing because when you're pricing at a certain point, people expect that legitimacy, Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a good segue into
1: what you want to talk about. Yes, <laughs> it, it actually is. Um, one big thing that I, uh, feel like i've always seen and one thing that people always talk about is you spoke about like true artists mm-hmm. and i find that you know so many true artists are exactly what you said they can do this without you know even being paid mm-hmm. they just really want to do this thing every day and any time of the mm-hmm. day but it comes to a point too if you want to be serious about this if you want to present this as a service or a goodist, as a business mm-hmm. you have to you know set your price yeah. and um i've always wondered because so many people have came to me because mm-hmm. you know some creatives believe you you study business, so you should be able to understand every single thing about mm-hmm. any type of business. Not really like that, but I've tried to help. Right. And um, the value of work. How mm-hmm. do how do, how would you suggest someone would go about kind of you know truly evaluating the mm-hmm. service or good that they provide, either being you know from any any sort of you know creative
3: uh, mm-hmm. capacity. So I'll start with what you shouldn't do. And what you shouldn't do is price according to the person next to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is my opinion. Um, And it was inspired by um, Dan Kennedy, who's a big sales guy, Uh has a book called The No BS um, Guide to Pricing. And he said that everyone kind of plays follow the leader when it comes to pricing, yep. but you're following a person who um, just pulled a price out of the sky. And so everybody's just doing this arbitrary pricing that's probably too low. Um, and then you just end up chasing your tail. So don't just follow the person next to you in your market. Um, there are a couple of different factors that are going to come in. So the first thing is you want to start with the cost of what it Cost you to provide that service. Mm-hmm. So, um, what I like to ask the question: what does it take for you to provide a great experience for your client? The experience is not just the photo itself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's everything leading up to that and your follow-up after. Um, So what is the actual cost of providing the service to the client? Then you do need to look at the range in your market of what people are charging in your market. Um, Some folks like to look at um, number of years in the industry. I personally think that that's um, real arbitrary because you can have someone who's been doing this for 15 plus years, but still have someone who's just an amazing, natural-born talent. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't weigh that as heavily um, as like the market because I do think you kind of have to be in the range of what your market is. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's the arbitrary value of how much do you think it's worth and I know that's kind of what you were speaking to earlier um, but I do encourage people to um, add that to it because the reality is is that when it comes to creative work to some extent you set your price in the market and so if you start out really low and then you move along and you're trying to all of a sudden take the price up 500%, Five hundred percent, you're gonna have a challenge with that because yeah. you—it's tough to make that leap. Yeah. So you do, to some extent, have to place your own value on the work. And then for the women, I always encourage us to go a little bit higher because we naturally tend to undervalue what mm, we're offering. Our let's go. Male <laughs> counterparts are like sky high, and we're like, but I didn't have this experience yet, and I didn't have that. I have so done for,
0: this
1: yet.
3: So yeah. Maybe we will. yeah. So for <laughs> yeah, the I women, like that.
1: Little, little fiscal uh, feminism. I like that.
3: <laughs> you gotta challenge yourself to go a little bit
1: higher i like that i like that and i think i think you know i have so many friends and my best friend who is a great great photographer who you know who has grown to a great you know esteem within his kind of you know i guess community Mm -hmm. um but he that is a constant thing Mm -hmm. that he all that we and him always talk about and since the beginning of time Mm -hmm. since him finally getting committed to this i've always had him to kind of, you know, really try to be realistic, you know, mm-hmm. and try to remind him of some of those things that you said. And I never even thought of some of the things you said. Uh, but obviously, you know, you do this for a living. And uh. <laughs> one other
3: thing there is that it's also tied to scope the scope yeah. of what you're giving the client. Mm-hmm. So we'll go back to the photographer um, example. Mm-hmm. If you're giving the client just a very limited license to display what you've what you've shot for them, Mm -hmm. then that may come with a lower price tag. But if you're signing a work for hire where you're never considered their original creator of the work they are, then that comes with a sky high price tag. So Mm -hmm. you can also play – you can slice and dice it for the client, give them a couple of options, but your fee goes up along with the range of the scope of usage that you're giving to them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I certainly – I try to keep him humble Mm -hmm. from a standpoint of like – yeah, it's cool that you, you know, you've gotten these like this many likes. And mm-hmm. someone has agreed to pay for this arbitrary number that you've given mm-hmm. them because they really want to work with you. They love your work that much. They wanna, you know, get the prints, they wanna do all these things, mm-hmm. they don't mind putting down a the deposit, they don't mind paying the rest later, they don't mind doing all these things. But it's like, are you are you able to sustain that? Are mm-hmm. you able to really kind of scale that model out and have someone else all, all of your you know clients to be able to do that exact same thing right. if you're only basing it off this one super fan or this one super client that right. really just wants to work with you because mm. that happens a lot too mm.
2: I think another thing that you should consider when you're considering or thinking about like um, pricing is um, dang I went blank um, <laughs> <laughs> is quite frankly um, whether uh, what your goal is. Because mm-hmm. for some people or some creators that I've come across, that their goal or their clientele is not necessarily um, supposed to be um, the people who can afford um, really what they're offering. Sometimes mm-hmm. the the goal is tied to some altruistic, idealistic um, thought process and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think you need to bear in mind whatever your mission is and your pricing mm-hmm. as well, um, and who your target audience. And I think. What goes hand in hand in that is is also then knowing who your target audience is mm. and not targeting folks who can't afford your prices. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. And I think, do you think that a lot of people
3: target folks who can't afford the prices just because that's who lands in front of them? Um I well, maybe that's who,
0: that's, okay. that's who they're familiar with and that's yeah. who, who they know already, so it's just already comfortable, yeah. right? And, that's, and they don't have to like expand too much to find. The, the high paying client. And that's yeah. when it comes
3: to like, you have to do your part because you can't just take what comes in front of you because mm-hmm. again, that's not scalable. You have to make sure the client is actually a fit for what you've dreamed of when you dreamt up of, of this business. So yeah
2: I think for me, I think a lot of people just don't take the time to actually um, identify who their target audience is. So they don't know. But do people know how to identify who That's they're? That's one thing. Well, let's That's talk about it. That's how do you thing. identify your target <laughs> audience? They don't, they don't know because that, to no. for me, um, I always so whenever I'm identifying a target target audience, and you guys let me know because I know everybody has a different sort of perspective on mm-hmm. it. For me, I identify what um, what my goal is and what my mission is. And then I think about who I want to take value from the Mm -hmm. particular thing that I'm providing. So for example, with the podcast, I'm like, you know, well, our target audience tends to, is for us people who are similarly situated to us Mm -hmm. who are, um, mid, not quite entry level, but more like mid level professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, and To be honest with you, typically corporate America, um, we're not necessarily focused as much on entrepreneurs. We welcome entrepreneurs, but our content doesn't focus there. Our Mm -hmm. focus is more so on people who have to deal with others who work either above them or like have have more of a a boss. And I put that in air quotes per se. Um, and mm-hmm. so, but I identified that because of the content that I wanted to create and sort of who would benefit from the content that I would create. Mm-hmm. Um, so that then I'm not providing a good to somebody that I'm just like kind of forcing it down their throat. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that, that just would not quite gel. And I think it's, it's, and so that's the approach that I take. Mm-hmm. I don't know how other people do yeah
3: that. So, <laughs> My approach was, I actually um, chose a celebrity avatar that represented my ideal client. And so my female avatar was that Solange. Is so cool. And my male avatar cool. was Pharrell. Oh, that is so cool. Oh, I love that. And I broke down, you know, what is it about them? What are the characteristics that they exhibit that I want my ideal client to exhibit and why? Oh, my God. So for Rihanna, I mean, not Rihanna, for <laughs> Solange. because so, so Rihanna was like the, the secondary female, but Solange oh, okay. was my main one. So for Solange, um, she was multi-passionate and multi-talented. Um, mm-hmm. um, at the time, you know, We, she was becoming a fashion icon, Mm. she was DJing, she was creative director, had got the creative director um, Mm. slot with Puma. Yeah. Um, And so I love that she was multi-passionate, but she also was able to um, create ventures from each of these passions. Um, She was Beyonce's sister, but had developed an identity completely Completely separate of Beyonce, -hmm. Beyonce, which to me spoke to like her strength um, and her confidence and individuality um, as a woman. Then I loved that my person um, was an urban dweller, but they kind of have this love for like countryside and just the small. That is
2: so Solange with that with the warehouse that she ran out in New Orleans. So
3: I knew that my person would be an urban dweller, but they may love just like sitting on a quiet porch with a cup of tea or visiting antique markets um, and doing that sort of Mm -hmm. um, shopping. And so I love this exercise. Yeah, so I landed (laughs) with Solange, but the some of the specific factors that I looked at. That were age demographic, um, demographic in terms of where they live, city or um, suburban or um, rural. My person was city but has an appreciation for like the quiet. Mm-hmm. So you can go be in the mountainside, you know, for a week or so. Um, another thing I looked at was like tech savvy. Are they someone who is loving all the new technology or they're running from it. So my person was a technology savvy person. Um and then also like family values. Um and Celine, she's very, very, she's very fierce. big on family. That was important <laughs> because um messaging. So a lot of what we talk about is Protect your intellectual property not just because but to expand your influence impact Mm -hmm. and legacy Mm -hmm. Um, and so they had to be a family person Mm -hmm. and so it may help you guys if you literally run through a list of factors of what your ideal client has and then align it with a celebrity and Mm -hmm. keep that picture in front of you so my clients are Solange's like when (laughs) I think
0: about (laughs) but then you also have your branding that targets that so you didn't just dream this up but then you actually tailored your
3: and
1: that's a great great benchmark to kind of like always reflect on too yeah. yeah
3: yeah and the male is pharrell and it was a similar thing with mm-hmm. pharrell he has his nonprofit profit um interests he had the um, large brand partnerships he's always been very kind of edgy in his or some people would say edgy in his fashion mm-hmm. real individuals so pharrell was the male version of that and they're both top-notch at what they do they don't just like dabble mm-hmm. yeah. they like go hard or go home and that was the clientele that i wanted
2: That is so dope. That is so
3: dope.
0: (laughs) Thank you, guys.
1: That is such a gem.
0: So we get a lot of things on the toolkit. So we Mm -hmm. have your client avatar, which Mm -hmm. is important. Um, We've talked about pricing, how to price. Um, Since you are a trademark attorney, I want to kind of, before we run out of time, when is the best time for a creative to start thinking about trademarking Mm -hmm. and incorporating their business. Cause a lot of times, let's Mm -hmm. just be real. They're just, they're just putting it out there, just trying to see who's going to bite. But after you, is it, after you get some traction, is it, do you already start going in? You have to have
3: some level of commitment to it. So Mm -hmm. you do need that period of testing it with your market to see if it's going to stick. And then you need to personally feel committed to it. And once you've reached that point, and I always ask people, how how would you feel if somebody swipe this from you? And if your response is I'll show up at her house, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You know, if if that would impact you, then that's when it's time.
0: (laughs) drag her. Right.
3: Um, Then it's time (laughs) for you to make the investment. And usually people always um, think about a trademark for the logo first. It's usually going to be the brand name first because logos do take some time to refine um, Mm -hmm. over time. So you want to think about the brand name first. Incorporating, um, my personal opinion is that as soon as you start doing business with people, um including doing business for free um because you've got potential liability there even if you provided a service for someone for free so that is sooner rather than later and illinois decreased the prices so much now i really feel like what are we wait no like right. it's 150
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: that's a flight to atlanta
2: Exactly,
3: a flight to Atlanta. That's a like trip. a that's like a 3-day weekend. Yeah, that's a 3-day weekend. You know, dining out.
1: Yeah, dining yeah. out too. That's right. Go get yeah. some of that uh, brown bread at a uh, cheesecake. All and right. if you're unsure that's with good. incorporating,
2: you can get a uh, um you can sort of do if you have like with Shelly and I, we're kind of oper- operating as a partnership. Mm-hmm. So you can, if you have a partner, you can sort of have a partnership agreement, and then liabilities still fall to the partnership to a degree. Um, but you won't be as ever be as protected as an incorporation. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so if you you still dilly dallying and you like I don't know or whatever. Uh, and also too, it's not that much work. It's really not that hard. It's really not that difficult. It's work, but it's not that much work to wear. What's harder is the taxes.
3: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I should
2: say, you're you know, to
3: legitimately own a business, you do have to. It does have to be capitalized. So yeah. you do have to have some startup. Money that can yeah. go towards the startup cost. So you don't yep. just want to go and file it, and then you don't have any money to fund it because that's not going to mm-hmm. get you the protection you need. So you have to have mm-hmm. some money for the business. That's, that's
1: important. Real. That's real. Yeah. And that's a, big, that's a big piece right there. Yeah. That I feel like a lot of people are really – I mean, so many people who are just really working mm-hmm. kind of, you know, month to month, week to week, and kind of, you know, possibly – Making enough to operate Mm -hmm. the business in a way, but they're not making enough to truly be able to expand and do anything else. It's like if we bring in any other new expense Mm -hmm. or any new invest, we can't even invest because Mm we kind of like are just only maintaining on the you know the expenses that we have, and possibly if we do take out, you know, go and find someone like yourself Mm -hmm. or find some you know business manager or find an accountant that can actually look at the numbers and see how much we're spending it's like do you know there's an alternative here do you know you don't really need this mm-hmm. or there is a better way to do this and i think that's a lot of a lot of people they're just really just yeah. doing just just doing business wrong maybe they maybe want to do a little bit better they mm-hmm. maybe be operating and making enough to operate but they just aren't don't, don't know enough or
0: mm-hmm. so uh Patrice before we get out of here um i know we've kind of talked about how creatives if if you're in the business of you just want to create and mm-hmm. you don't want to worry about the business and finances and the, the legal aspect, how should they go about to finding their team? Especially if oh. you're surrounded by creatives and it's the blind leading the blind. So like, find how do you find somebody with a team? And That's copy. not true.
3: so, <laughs> That's a tough question. Okay. So how do you go about finding a team? I would say the first role that you need to fill someone who can help you with the business plan and to do like help you with the finances. Mm-hmm. Um, so the financial side of it, how you find them um you just got to ask around I would say be vocal about who you're looking for and just ask who knows someone and if you don't know anyone in your network who knows someone then you have to go to um local resources like maybe a score or some of these other organizations and ask around or see who's volunteering with them because those folks who are volunteering probably do that work full time mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like the urban
2: leagues mm-hmm. in your respective cities and or yeah. things like that yeah and Google,
3: I mean Google is amazing. Also, you know people be optimizing their keywords So if <laughs> yeah, Google. They are financial a, consultant for one. small business in Chicago, you might land on some folks
2: <laughs> and then so vet true. them. You also can do like I like doing LinkedIn searches on mm-hmm. what the things that I need or whatever. Um and I think also too there's always TaskRabbit. Mm-hmm. Um if you need like a, a quick fix Um, But the Small Businesses Administration actually has a lot of resources that are free Mm -hmm. uh, that I would strongly recommend to anybody that finds themselves in that conundrum because they have like now they've got like these incubators and stuff for Mm -hmm. different, especially for like minority women. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like a minority woman incubator and like you can go to the incubator and they'll look over. If you don't have a business plan, they'll help you put one together. And if you do have a business plan, they'll go over it with you and nice. stuff like that. That's true. So that's, that's so cool.
3: And also the cool thing is that once you land on your first person, so your first professional who's going to help you, they'll probably have a network of all the that other no resources others. you yeah. need. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when clients come to me, I'm accountant, I can put them in touch with bookkeeper, financial consultant. I know all of those folks who would be good for them. So you just really have to do your work, homework, and find that first person.
2: That's so
0: true. That's true. Yeah, I love that.
1: I love that. Were we gonna do the tips?
0: We have time.
1: We have time. Well, I, I, I get mine out the way because I feel like this is it's prophetic. Because I was writing down everything. Um, I wrote this down before I even got here. And we literally touched on all of those things. And I think the four tips that I feel like are t- should every creative who's listening should take away. Um, and you gotta tell me, you know, if I uh, I guess predicted this correctly. And that was for one um, protect your protect your IP. Um, Understanding what intellectual property is um, and truly, you know, that's the whole thing about release forms. The whole thing about, you know, the partnerships that you have with these specific businesses and brands, especially once you start to expand and start to get more notoriety, you want to make sure these certain things happen. You know, my friend who I mentioned, he had... um, was proposed this kind of partnership with Porsche, uh, with this Porsche experience that they had. And it was like, he didn't know what to do. They were mm-hmm. asking him all these questions. And it's like, bro, you need to make sure you have this. You need to have this. And um, and also consult someone on this, because mm-hmm. certain things, I don't know. I'm just telling you just off of common sense, like make sure they don't kind of take this full control over whatever you create mm-hmm. for this thing or whatever you provide for this thing. Um, second being build a team. I <laughs> just <Okay. laughs> build a team and... Uh, and so, so it creates, so you can create with a peace of mind mm-hmm. and, you know, having, coming to, you know, the Patrice's and going to the accountants of the, you know, your perspective places. And, um, so that way you don't have to, you know, right. sit there and think about that all the time. You have someone that you're paying to do those things for you and you can just think about the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, third being, uh, know your worth, um, mm-hmm. understanding your worth and, uh, standing by that and, and understanding when you need to scale up, when certain things need to change, mm-hmm. but that. Comes within time. Understand that does not happen from a month to month basis all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, uh, plan plan ahead and um, plan your legacy. Um, estate planning is something that you know your your business offers, and I think that's mm-hmm. something that's incredibly powerful and something that I feel that you know, especially as Black creatives, we don't think about enough. Yeah. You know, someone like Prince didn't have a will, maybe by his own you know choice and mm-hmm. uh, all those different things, but. Personally, you know, for the average individual, I don't think that's the best thing, the best thing to do. And especially seeing that we've seen so many artists who their work is exponentially greater sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, the things that they leave with us. uh, Because who who knows what this can take you, you know, this book that you wrote or this, you know, piece that you painted years and years from now, it could be worth millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And. You know, your mom's is still, you know, kind of just living how she's living when your family should be able to kind of reap this or whoever, whatever respected person you believe nice. should be able to benefit from that. Your work, because that's who you chose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so That's my four tips, you know.
0: I think you summarized it perfectly. You like that? Yeah, I like that. But <laughs> <laughs> truth yeah. what do you have going on that oh, people should know about? So and where
3: they can find you. The big thing is that we are expanding. So last year, Career of Genius Law expanded to the DMV market, um, and we have an office there. Mhm and so we have another expansion happening being announced on November 1st. Hey. I can't tell where yet. Okay. Um but just stay tuned November 1st is when we will be making um, the announcement. The other thing is I recently launched a podcast collaboration with Black Creatives. We are talking, interviewing um creatives who have kind of been there, done that or they're still learning along the way and being super transparent about what they've learned, not giving you the social media highlight reel. Um and then I'm mixing. mixing that conversation in with um, legal lessons that we can pull from pop culture, which is how I learned to, that's how I do my legal, um, keep my know-how up. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I read on the way here, you guys, did y'all read that on the Riverwalk, there is a barbecue restaurant. Uh No, a barbecue restaurant that was selling a barbecue item named after Limbs in Chatham. And so I
1: love uh, love Limbs.
3: Yeah, so they shut down. They just sent them a cease and desist. Oh my god! Um, They own the trademark for it. At least the article says they own the trademark. But they sent them a cease and desist. Apparently, people were coming to the Riverwalk Mm -hmm. restaurant because they thought they were affiliated with Limbs. Oh
2: Oh,
1: my god! Oh, so Limbs ain't around no more.
3: One of them they shut they down, co- but they open I thought they opened a new one or something. I, yes, they opened okay. a new one, but yeah.
2: the, the original one that I like is gone. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So the daughter. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm talking
1: about the one off the 75th. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was gone, but mm, that's the new one.
2: They closed.
3: I thought they closed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. But want to really? say why. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I was down on the floor <laughs> So <laughs> those are the type of I like to read. That um, was my favorite
2: one. That's why we went to the new one because I'm like, whatever. <laughs>
3: This gets people talking about trademark, So yes. I like to read um, things like that and share it with people and then kind of pull the legal lessons from it. So mm-hmm. um, the limited mm. series is called Creatives Converge. Um, you guys can find me at creativegeniuslaw.com or on Instagram at Law or creative underscore ESQ.
0: All right.
2: Mm what i was talking about and why i said oh when you said riverwalk is that they're putting little domes out that have heating in them or whatever and i'm Mm -hmm. just really excited about that that's all
3: i'm excited (laughs) too and for our chicago creatives there is a request for proposal out um for businesses who want to do like a pop-up
1: in
2: off the riverwalk there's a huge initiative behind it
1: that's smart that's smart i love that
2: Well, anyway, that's all we have for you. We want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, Be sure to like this episode, share this episode, comment on this episode. Please. Uh, Stay Black, stay Esquire.
1: So glad to be here. This is a great collaboration. I can't wait to see exactly where conversations come from. So That's all I wanted to say.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.